Ciao, buongiorno a tutti ragazzi. Thank you very much for tuning into another edition of the Inter Worldwide podcast. It's an absolutely stacked lineup today, so I'm going to introduce them going down the list. First and foremost, the big middleman, Alessandro. Come stai, fratello? Thanks again for coming on. Oh, good. Oh, good. Thank you very much. Anytime. And we also welcome back our friend from Inter Worldwide, Mo. Mo, how have you been, man? Living well? I'm doing good. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. No worries. And our special guest today, uh, you know, he calls himself Hendrix as his handle, but I know him a little bit as Alberto. It's his first time on Inter Worldwide, and he is representing the ever charismatic and amazing Bosha Cafe. I'm not too sure if I said that correctly, but either way, my friend, thank you so much for joining us on Inter Worldwide. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely correct. It's uh, Bosha Cafe. And yes, I'm Hendrik. Uh, I'm Italian, living in the Netherlands since uh, 12 years now. Wow, already. And uh, yeah, very passionate uh, interfan with a little bit of uh, privilege to look at two worlds and two very important football worlds, such as Italian and Dutch uh, football world. For what it concerns, Bosch Cafe. Bosch Cafe is uh, one of the longest, longest and um, I would say uh, oldest uh, web community speaking of Inter. Uh, it's a project that uh, started uh, more than 10 years ago, and we are still alive and kicking here. And uh, yeah, in the last uh, the last year, we have uh, revived a little bit uh, uh, the website uh, with the help of all the other guys who were inside the collective. Because uh, you know, it's not just me, of course. Uh, Alessandro also. He's starting to participate and uh, to contribute to our uh, to our content, and yeah, we are um, we are a very very solid uh, reality in the in the interweb. Of course, we don't take too much uh, seriously ourselves first, but I think that in the end, the contents that we try to express uh, in writing and also other other initiatives a little bit more hidden uh, are uh, are very very significant for, uh, for uh, our passion, but also for the interest fan who loves to follow us. Thanks for that, man. What an awesome introduction. What great work you guys do. And um, you know, I look forward to hearing more about it from Alessandro as well, who said some great things. Let's move on uh, to some interrelated content. And I will start with my boy, Alessandro. We have Torino coming up in Oh, well, it's already Saturday. That means in two days, two days' time, we get to see Interplay and it's up against Giampaolo's what appear to be hopeless Torino. But as I said in my match preview, mate, Alessandro, I don't think they've been as poor as the table reflects. I've been watching them play football. They still play some really good, expansive counter-attacking football. It's a season where Bellotti knows he needs to score more goals than not. And to be honest, I think he's doing a great job of it. So, Alessandro, buddy, your initial outlook going into our match against Torino. Yeah, it's going to be a tough game, as always, against Torino. Uh, we need to pay attention to Handanovic, which... Um, is already not in the best shape and usually against Torino gives the worst of him. So that's the first point. The second, uh, we know that Giampaolo won't be there because of COVID. And uh, and just today, we learned that other two players will not be available for the same reason. Uh, the team uh, didn't release the name of the two players uh, yet. 
so we we don't know exactly who um who won't be part of the team and uh, if in this couple of days things will change again so it's, uh, it's right now it's, it's it's even hard to predict anything um about the formation uh, all we know as you as you said so far that there were a little bit um unlucky i agree with you torino um should um should have uh, some more points that they have honestly and um but at this point the team is shaping in a in a Giampaolo's team so probably if not right now but with the beginning of the new years they they should pick up points and uh and a better position in the um, in the classifica area so yeah. that's that's my yeah. What have you What have you thought? Just quickly before I go over to Mo, what have you thought about Belotti for Torino so far this season? Well, Belotti is the the only man who is keeping up the the baraka, like we say, <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, um, it's going back in the in the good shape that it was years ago when his price tag was one hundred million. Um, and uh, I don't know for the last couple of years probably it was a player that was above the the average there and um, I wonder if this is gonna be his last year um, plus you know before the the European uh, how you call it the 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 European uh, Cup with the with Italy yeah. usually it does uh, it does better than uh, the other years. So uh, I'm sure yeah. we're gonna keep scoring more and more. Hundred percent. I was gonna say I think this will be the season at the end where Torino decide that it's the wise decision to cash in on that sort of an asset just to keep the club financially um, afloat over the next few years. I'm going to head over to my boy Mo. How are you feeling going into Torino, man? I know you're a cautious, conservative Inter fan, very realistic. So tell me where that brain of yours is focusing on for Torino, bro. Uh, for me, uh, hello everyone. First, for me, uh, Torino is uh, a tricky game because it's it's before the Champions League and, and it's a Sunday game and the Champions League is a Wednesday uh, and Conti has to watch out for uh, players' fatigue because I think the game after the Real Madrid game in the Champions League is a key for the season, I guess, how we're going to go forward. But talking about Torino, I agree with you. They, uh, they play good football. Their their brand is counter-attacking and they have, I think, one of the best number nines in the league in Bilotti. Uh, Ali, Alessandro like, covered this uh, pretty well. Um, with our defense right now, I think will have to, to to have more cover for our defense, especially with a, a number nine that is a free scoring for the for the national team, for the club. They rely on him all the time. Uh, we need to watch Vidal, which is, I think he is our best defensive midfielder, but coming from uh, South America, the qualifiers and uh, playing two games, he's been phenomenal for Chile, but we'll have to watch his fatigue. He is now, he's 33 this year and We'll have to watch for him. I think Conti will have a hard time with Brozovic out this game to pick the best midfielders 
to have that balance between offense and, and, and defense. And maybe this is Ericsson's uh, chance, as everybody is saying. Maybe he's going to get the 90 minutes uh, for this game to show us why we should keep him after January. Um, for, for us, three points in this game are uh, key because uh, we don't want to get further down in the table and then people start looking at Inter as the we can attack this team, we can get points off this team. We need to be the, the force that everybody comes to us and, and fear the San Siro. It's our stadium. I think we should win this game comfortably. Uh, Lukaku is back. Just seeing this guy in the field makes me happy as an Inter fan. I just love the guy. Leadership, everything is great about this guy. And, and he helps everybody around him to be a better player. Um, even with his teammates in the in the national team with Belgium, he was absolutely phenomenal. I think this game is, is I, in my predictions, I think we should win this game 3-1. I, I don't think we're going to keep clean sheet against Belotti, but I think we should win comfortably <laughs> 3-1. Thanks for that. And thanks for alluding to, um, you know, Brozovic being completely unavailable. And, you know, I'll throw over to Hendrik now, but I'll ask a couple of different questions. Stefano Sensi not only is back in full physical training, he made quite a full return to social media in terms of, you know, just venting his grievances, brother, about how it's been really tough for him after starting so well at Inter. Torino is the match that I expect Sensi to be back on the bench for. I definitely don't expect him to start. But I guess my couple of questions to you, Hendrik, are how are you feeling going into the Torino match? What is your prediction? And do you think it's time for Stefano Sensi to make that long-awaited return? Uh, that that that's that's an interesting question, I guess. Um, for what it concerns Torino, uh, I yeah, you know, I completely agree with you. I think that Giampaolo uh, Giampaolo's uh, team historically uh, needed always time to express their best football, and yeah, definitely, I don't think that Torino plays a bad football. Uh, I think that they. Uh, clearly had lack of confidence, self-confidence, I guess, more, more than any, any, anything else. So, yeah, it's one of the typical matches where Inter, if Inter is not 100%, uh, always you, you, you run some risk to, to not uh, bring back home three points. But clearly, as also Mo said, uh, now, you know, we, we need points. Uh, of course, the, the schedule, uh, schedule is, not, is not on our side because uh, Sunday playing against Torino with a lot of international players uh, coming late. Uh, so no preparation or lack of preparation for, for this match. And then, yeah, a, a, a crucial match against Real three days later. So uh, I think that we should... Yeah, with Inter is always <laughs> a very difficult, uh, <laughs> difficult exercise to make forecast. But um, uh, yeah, I, I think I think that we should win. Uh, then, of course, for what concerns Sensi, uh, it's a fact that uh, Conte's Inter uh, played the, played his best football when Sensi was uh, on the pitch. Uh, even 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 losing because uh, we all remember uh, defeats against Barcelona against uh, Borussia Dortmund, but 
we remember that because also uh, those two matches uh, coincide uh, with uh, with the best performance probably of Inter, definitely with Barcelona 70 minutes. Yeah, I I I couldn't remember Inter in the last 10 years uh, playing like that. Uh, I mean, I have I have to scavenge my memory and go uh, until uh, until the triplet a year. Uh, to remember uh, such a performance and with Borussia Dortmund the first half was absolutely flabbergasting so um, I think that Sensi somehow was a very uh, you know it's a chemical factor in that uh, play system which probably uh, provided to the system what is lacking now because after uh, his injury um, Inter lost something, and we we have seen we have seen Inter changing changing uh, radically the the solution in attack. I mean, uh, until Sensi was uh, was in the squad, uh, I don't remember that we were using long balls uh, too much. But after uh, his injury, I remember I, I have seen that we uh, Inter started playing with long balls on Lukaku and very few or no variances and alternative to this. So, yes, having Sensi back in the pitch would be really great. On the other side, I after one year, after last 12 months like that, uh, I think that uh, no one can reasonably be confident about his uh, physical and athletic strength or solidity. I mean, of course, I wish him all the best, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet my last euro on uh, on his integrity, and I think that he needs to to take his time, and uh, and at the same time, Conte needs to find some alternatives because uh, yeah, we have seen that this this kind of playing is a little bit has become a little bit uh, predictable for the opponents. Yeah. Sure, and I would also say that, you know, it's all well and good to bring Stefano Sensi back, but seeing is believing, and I'm not too sure. No, I've spoken to a couple of fans this week, and they've said, no, don't don't bring him back for Torino, maybe rest him and keep him for Real Madrid. I think it's uh, the type of thing that he needs to be eased back into the action. Maybe uh, Sensi comes on for the last 15, 20 minutes against Torino to hold the lead because throwing him... Um, from the start against Real Madrid, to me, that's just a recipe for disaster and a surefire way to re-aggravate an injury. Um, let's move on to that all-important fixture uh, against Real Madrid. And, you know, so much hype around it always. They are the most prolific European champions of all time. Um, so much pride attached to the club and everything. And, you know, you want to talk about a never-say-die attitude, no matter how poor they might be for 80 minutes, 85 minutes. The match isn't over until the ref has blown the whistle against Real Madrid and everybody's back on the team bus going home. That's when the result is over. So no Benzema or Luka Jovic is going to be huge. And also no Sergio Ramos is going to be huge. Three big losses for them. And I don't think those are the three only players that are out. But I will go over to Alessandro. He might know something a bit more. In terms of our match against Real Madrid, I expect us to come out all guns blazing. It's all a way for us to showcase to the rest of the world that we're not dead for the season and we're still the same looking into that was, you know, got everybody last season in European football to open up their eyes a little bit. Thanks to Hendrik for alluding to those two amazing matches against Barcelona and Borussia Dortmund, in which we really should have taken maximum points from. 
but the past is the past and let's just focus on the present for now. Um, something that I will say against Torino, I expect a clean sheet because we should have Bastoni, De Vrij and Skriniar back together for the first time. And that should definitely be the back line that will be going into the Real Madrid match. So enough from me. I'm excited for it. I'm nervous for it. It's match day four. No win, no round of 16. Simple as that. It's a must-win game against Real Madrid. Wow. Alessandro will take it from here. Yeah, sorry. Just to, to finish the, the Torino thing you were just mentioning, it is true we have we should have the, the three in the back that were supposed to be the, the starting 11, but at the same time, it's also true that right now, Every two goal we get, uh, every two shot on goal we get one goal. So, <laughs> you know, it's not it's not a good statistic. And, and no matter what is in defense, but anyway, let's hope for the best. And um, uh, going to the Real Madrid fixture um, right now, uh, I'm counting eight players not available, and these are um, Militao, um, Hazard. Casemiro, then we have, um, where is it here, uh, Jovic, those are not available due to COVID. Then uh, we have Sergio Ramos, who got injured, Varan is injured, um, the, has a shoulder injury, so it is possible that we'll be back um, against us, but it's not guaranteed. Uh, Valverde is out for who knows how long. And uh, Benzema as well is injured at the moment. But um, it is possible that it will come back uh, for um, our game or uh, for this weekend. Because I was trying to look online for a possible formation. Real Madrid is going to play uh, against Villarreal this weekend and um, it seems they have both Benzema and Casemiro and um, and also Varane on the starting 11. I don't think they will play, especially um, Benzema and Varane. I don't know if Casemiro will be clean, um, clear but from COVID, but uh, even so, even if they all three are out, um, Real Madrid is, still has a number of players with with a quality that can easily play against us and give us a lot of trouble. And um, so, just thinking of the the previous game, I don't think we deserve to um, to come back with zero point. Uh, probably one point was uh, more fair, to be honest, if not three points. Uh, but we we keep doing stupid, silly mistakes. And uh, against teams like Real Madrid and all the top team in Europe, you cannot afford that. So... Um, the only positive thing that I see is the uh, that Sergio Ramos is not going to play and uh, is not just uh, an amazing player on the pitch. And uh, even if he's a central defender, he keeps scoring this season. Uh, but it's more what he brings in terms of leadership. And without Sergio Ramos, I think Real Madrid is lacking 
that leadership and that's massive um, when you're playing in Champions League. And if we get Lukaku back and they don't have Sergio Ramos, I think we have a very good possibility to, to do the three points and put them in a very tough situation, which means they need to do points the next games, which will help us uh, hopefully go through this stage of Champions League. Um, it's uh, it's a really weird situation at the moment, and um, if we get these three points in the next game, uh, I think that's um, that's massive, and that could change our season uh, in, in better, of course. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say this is this is a season-changing game. You have those defining moments in a season with things either go horribly right or horribly wrong. That injury to Sensi against Juventus really was the slow your roll of last season. It was the hold up, let's get everything back into the right place and make sure Inter has a, has a horrible run from here. But Real Madrid is a way to, to get us back on that same track. And what Alessandro said is perfect. We take three points from them. They make it very, very hard for Muchen Gladbach and Shakhtar over the next two fixtures. Inter has a real chance to solidify a spot to go through to the round of 16. Let's go over to Mo, who I'm sure is super keen for the huge Galactic Clash against the Galacticos. I'm not too sure they're Galacticos at the moment, but we all know what I mean. Mo, what are your thoughts going into the huge fixture against Real Madrid, man? I think we have to win. It's as simple as this. Uh, they are uh, without their best player, Sergio Ramos. If, uh, if he's going to be out for sure, he has a muscle tear, and I think he can't recover by Wednesday. Uh, we have to win. It's, it's, it's our game to lose now. The, this guy is uh, the heartbeat of the team. Uh, we uh, Three points, I think, will give us a great chance, as Alessandro said. Um, I think, uh, tactically, uh, Conti did not get it all wrong the first game. Uh, we came back. He, he got the last 10 minutes uh, wrong, and he shouldn't do the same mistake. I, I want to talk about two points that I think he should... Uh, uh, like we should watch for this uh, point. Almost always, Conti, when he gets the result that he thinks is the best from the game, he falls back. He did this against Atalanta, and we didn't win. And he did this when we got the draw against Real Madrid, and we didn't get any point. Uh, he did this against Lazio. Lazio hit us back. Uh, I, in my opinion, Inter strength is just keep going, keep the same plan against Borussia Dortmund last year. We fell back second half, conceded three goals, game over. We're out of the Champions League at, at that time. It's our game to win. We go. If we get a goal, we keep going to get the second. They are not the strongest offense in the world. They, they don't have Cristiano Ronaldo anymore, That the same guy that used to score 50 goals. It's... Valencia kept going. Four, they kept. They scored the first. They scored the second. They, scored, they kept going. I, I watched the game. It was just keep going. You can hurt these uh, the, this team uh, by keep going, not defending against them because they have they have good players, but they're not superb. Uh, in my opinion, I think if Sensi is back, it's a it's a great option to have because he creates with Barella the balance. That is needed to play someone like Brozovic in the middle. Uh, our enter needs someone to protect the defense. Brozovic is not that guy. This is why Vidal 
plays deep next to Brozovic. He's the alternative for the Kante, for the uh, Fabinho, for the Casemiro and the other teams. These guys, they are the 11th and the 12th man on the pitch. They intercept, give the ball to the closest guy and move on. They keep doing this for the whole game. We don't have that. Conte, when he, when he had Juventus in 2011-12 uh, and going forward, he played Pirlo and he played Vidal, which was, he was seven years younger than now. Marquisio, these guys covered a lot of space just to compensate for Pirlo's inability to defend all the time. Right now, Vidal is trying. He has the most interception per game for Inter, but he is 33. He can't do this for 90 minutes, which showed that he doesn't track back sometimes. He can't run. This is why uh, we need to find the Sensi, like last year, with um, Barilla. They give that balance because Sensi is not Eriksen. Sensi is not a totally number 10 offensive player. He comes back when he's fit. He can do some interceptions. He can help to create a three in the midfield that create that block in front of the defense. Sensi, I think, is as Hendrik said, is super key to Conte's plans. He needs two dynamic midfielders around the uh, regista, the deep playmaker that he has as Brozovic. Brozovic connects the most passes in Interstein when he plays, but he does not defend well. He's slow. He's, he's, he's a slow player, and he does not know how to intercept, to tackle players. He always receives a yellow card on the transition, when the team gets the ball, he receives a yellow card uh, because he's slow. This is why we need Sensi back. The, I, I don't think Eriksen has a chance in Real Madrid game, especially if Brozovic is going to play and, and Barella, which is I think is irreplaceable. We need Sensi. Uh, Vidal can play, which creates balance a, a little bit, but I think Sensi is moving, on, moving forward is key. Uh, Lukaku... If he's in the form that he showed us in the international break, uh, hands down, best number nine I've seen for years that played for us, I think, since uh, Melito. Uh, he's, he's our savior in offense. Uh, Hendrik talked about the plan, long balls and stuff like this to Lukaku. It only works with Lukaku if, again, I, I would repeat myself as I said before, if Lukaku gets injured like what happened before, playing long balls to Lautaro, it doesn't work. He's not that kind of forward. Against Atalanta, he was lost. He got intercepted the first half. 80% of the times he received the ball. Um, our defense, if De Vrij, Skriniar, and Bastoni are connecting and playing the way they uh, played for their national teams, Bastoni against uh, Bosnia, he was phenomenal. And against Poland, uh, against Lewandowski, he was phenomenal. De Vrij played really well for the Netherlands. And Skriniar is, is, is a great defender. I always rate this guy pretty high. Uh, only our problem, I think, if we have everybody fit, our problem is going to be Handanovic, which is, I think, he's moving slow. He has the experience, but uh, I don't think he can keep going for another year as they just renewed his contract, as uh, we all uh, seen the news. Uh, against Real Madrid, it's uh, three points or we're out. This is all I can say. We, we have to get the three points. And we are, as Inter, as our team, we are very capable 
of getting these three points and making them go home without anything in the bag. Let them fight the last two games and let us play with a little bit of comfort. This is what I want to say. Yeah. Yeah, well said, man. You know, this is our chance. This is our opportunity to make sure we don't end up back in the hellhole that is the Europa League competition because, as you saw last season, the only time that competition becomes anything worth of value is when you get to the final. And look how that turned out for us last season. The chronic fatigue and, you know, basically the season being pushed back and us having to play so deep, it's a huge factor and a huge variable as to why we have started so slow this season. So it is time to pick up the pace. And as Mo said, we are inter. We have been given an opportunity. Let's seek the opportunity within the challenge rather than the challenge within the opportunity. All right, let's go over to our man Hendrik. How you feeling, bro, against Real Madrid? You know, it's, it's a huge match. As the boys have already said, it's a must-win. What are your thoughts going into a Madrid match without Sergio Ramos in their team? Uh, yeah, you know, I think that my my total probably is my my uh, way of thinking is uh, is more as a collective uh, clash. Of course, I don't want to sound as captain obvious here. Uh, that's clear. Playing against uh, Real Madrid with or without Sergio Ramos and I don't know Casemiro, Benzema, yeah, uh, you name it. That, that that's obviously obviously gives more chances to Inter uh, than than having again having Sergio Ramos uh, in the pitch. That's that's for sure. But um, the point is that when you come to these kind of matches, it's uh, it's some different quality that. Uh, that uh, pops up in the match, and I uh, th that that's my fear, that's my my worry. I mean, I don't think that Inter still demonstrates to have reached that uh, that strength of character which uh, allow teams to to win and to be successful in uh, such a moment. I mean, and this is what I fear the most about Real Madrid because they are used to. Like it happened in August against Sevilla, uh, you know, all the people say, yeah, the past is the past. Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. Sevilla has won already five uh, Europe, uh, Europe leagues, but now it's another match. Yes, it's another match, but, you know, this kind of stuff uh, goes go deep inside your minds. And at uh, high-level sport, the, your head, minds, are 80% of, of what you need to be successful. So this is my, my, my highest concern here, because in the last two years, Inter have failed exactly in such a moment against PSV, uh, the last matches two years ago, against the Barcelona, who basically was yeah, more or less the Real Madrid of, of now, because Barcelona was a little bit um, in a, not in a good moment, uh, a, a lot of players out, uh, they were already uh, went, they were they were already gone through, so they have deployed their second lines, they, the, the people of the bench, and yet we were not able to, to take the, the, the chance there. So I think that the, the great difference between those matches and today is that Inter, this is not the last match, Inter uh, needs to make seven points. Mathematics says seven points and we are through. So, you know, 
of course, we need to win. We want to win, and it would be really a great spirit boost to, to defeat Real Madrid in such a game. No question on that. But if the, the match is going, you know, every match lives uh, uh, its own life. So if the match is, 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 yeah, is going a certain way, I think that you need also to aim for one point. I mean, one point is not the maximum, but it still gives you the chances to, to have two wins and then go through. Of course, it's difficult, yes. It's impossible, no. So, I mean, we, we need to, 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 we need, <laughs> the players need to go in the pitch with a lot of uh, savvy attitude there and understand by themselves which kind of match is going to be. And I think that the key of that match is all, all in there. Sorry, man. And I just lost you towards the end. Do you mind just repeating that last thing you said? No, yeah, I said that uh, uh, this, is, this is the key of the match. I mean, uh, having the, the, uh, the players going to the pitch with a savvy head, uh, savvy attitude, and, and understand by themselves yeah. what kind of match is going to be, and then take, uh, take the match uh, properly. 100%. I would echo your thoughts in saying that we have seen so many positives in this Inter in the last two seasons, three seasons, but whenever we've been presented with the golden opportunity on a silver plate, we somehow managed to fall over and spill everything on the floor. PSV, Tottenham Hotspur, Barcelona, Juventus, and now here we are again with Real Madrid in the exact same predicament. And, you know, we can't screw this up. We need to show that we are there um, this season to win. I'm going to stay with you, Hendrik. For a second, only because it's the first time on the podcast. I want you to speak a couple of minutes about your thoughts on Antonio Conte, um, exactly how you think this season will go managerial-wise for him, and if you think it's just a matter of if, uh, sorry, a matter of when, not a matter of if, that his time is replaced um, at Inter. So talk a little bit about our manager, mate. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's the $1 million question that probably every Inter fan on, in the world has <laughs> right sorry now. Sorry to put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's, okay, I, I think that we need to split a little bit the, the things. Um, of course, we, we cannot read in the mind of, of, of a person who, person who we don't know. Huh? I don't know Antonio Conte. I, I know Antonio Conte from his public uh, appearances and his public words. So I need to rely on what he say, what he said and what he says in public. And in public, he says that uh, he's committed to do the best. And I, and I believe in that. Then, of course, uh, I may have my ideas about how, how, he's going to, uh, how he's going to manage or how he's managing the, the team from, from a tactical standpoint. He wants to, uh, he wants to set uh, a, a very special and modern football, and I, I'm very happy about that. But clearly, I know that it takes time, and this this team, this club, and uh, and their fans, uh, they want to win. They want to win a trophy, a silverware, at least once, because because it's ten years that we don't win. So there is a clear clash in what. The, what Conte would need to be successful in this moment, probably some better player in some key roles. I, I would like to, 
to append what Mo says about the, the midfield, because, you know, uh, with this kind of system, I think that, unfortunately, uh, we, we would need Gagliardini, Ambrozovic, and Sensi Ambarella, but all together, because all of them has a piece of characteristic that are vital and crucial for, for, for letting this, uh, this system successful. So one thing that everyone probably is asking themselves, and, I mean, Inter's fan or, or specialists who are observing Inter is, okay, you, you want to set up this system, but this system requires a very specific task to, to, be, to be performed by, by all the players. So uh, when, when Mo said, yeah, we, we need a defensive midfielder like Fabinho, like Kante, like Casemiro, we have it. It's Gagliardini. But Gagliardini is not Casemiro, is not, is not Kante, is not Fabinho, is very far from that level. So then, you know, you, you need to find something else to replace. So my doubt is just, let's say, tactical. But then, you know, if my doubt is tactical, the, the obvious objection is, okay, Hendrik, yeah, you have, you have tactical objection and you have tactical doubts. But this guy is the inter trainer, and uh, he has won in his career <laughs> many trophies and and uh, and scudettos and also and uh, and uh, Premier League with Chelsea. And you are a fan that basically scream from your couch. So yeah, yeah. this is this is what I can say. But uh, you know the the doubts are why are you insisting in doing a thing that requires. Too many specific things that you don't have now, and probably you won't have not even the next year if he sits, if he still sits on that bench next year, because you you cannot change, not not even in COVID economy, <laughs> five or six players at once. So, yeah, uh, my my question would be if I could if I could speak face to face to him, say why why you are insisting on this, knowing that. Uh, Gagliardini is not exactly the midfielder you need. Brozovic is not exact, exactly the midfielder you need. Sensi, unfortunately, is out. Eriksen, you cannot exploit him. And this is clear right now, and probably Eriksen has lost uh, has lost confidence. So why are you insisting on that? Uh, probably you would answer, yeah, I'm insisting because this is the football I believe in. And I, I, be, I believe that playing this way is, is going to be successful and you will win the silverware that you, Hendrik, want to win because you have just complained that it's 10 years you don't win anything. So, yeah, I think that we need to wait and see what happens from now up to May to have a proper answer to your question. Of course, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, boys, for the two awesome match previews. Let's move on to one thing a little bit more positive. We have two of Italy's next biggest and brightest footballers on our payroll. Not only that, they play for this Inter shirt the same way they play for the Italy shirt. And I think it's a luxury that we need to make sure as a club that we have for the next decade. Of course, I'm talking about Bastoni and Barella. These are my two favorite players now. I think they're everyone's two favorite players. It should be a top priority in the club to make sure these two players know that they are the core, heart, and foundation of Inter's present and future. So I'm going to start with Mo on this one. Mo, how excited are you about Bastoni? I know it's impossible to love Barella any more than I do, 
but I want to hear you talk a little bit about what you think the plan should be to make sure that these two men are the focal point of our side over the next how many years. Thanks, Mo. Uh, Bastoni, I, I, I like Bastoni like when he played last season, but then against Poland and against Bosnia, I was watching and I thought, hold a second, this guy can play in the four in the back and he will thrive as well. We can absolutely, if Conti leaves, uh, whatever he decides, he's, I think he, he might leave or not, whatever, it's not us who will decide, it's uh, the club, if they can pay his 12 million or not, it's not us. But if Bastoni, if any manager comes in, Bastoni is, is your guy, the, the difference between, for example, Bastoni and, and, and Bonucci is that when Bonucci went to Milan and they played four in the back, we saw what happened and then he went back to Juve and now he's a starter for the national team. The difference is I think Bastoni can thrive in a four in the back. So that means any manager, if they come, this guy is our starting center back. I think he's 21 years old, I think, which is sign him for four years, five years, increase his salary. Because I'm I'm sure people are going to come knocking on the door for this guy. They're going to come and sure. say, hey, we need to, we need this guy. The Reals and the Barcelonas and the cities are going to come and these guys have the money. COVID, no COVID, I think Real will have a lot of budget next season and they're going to come and ask for someone to replace Ramos or Militao who hasn't pr proven himself yet. So for, for Bastoni, I think he's he's amazing because with his ability to go with the ball from the back, I think he can always play as a left fullback in a 4-4-2 or 4-3-3 or whatever as well. The guy is good on the ball. He's he's. Physically, he's big. He can play as a center back in four, three on the left back. This guy needs to be locked. Maybe two, three years being an inter captain. I, I see. I see the the character of Zanetti. The calm. He's calm. He's, he he talks a lot in the field. He leads. He organizes the defense as well, and and the people in front of him. So I think why not make him captain? I think Zanetti was captain just four years after he came to the picture in '98 or '99. He was he was captain. As for Barella, for me, uh, it, I I watch a lot of football and I have to say that uh, this season I haven't seen a number eight, a box-to-box -box midfielder that runs as much as Barella. The guy is magnificent for us and for Italy as well. He's, he's the guy that you just put him and then put 10 players around him and he will be fine. It doesn't matter who plays around him. It's Locatelli, Brozovic, doesn't matter. I'm just going to play with whoever. Uh, so this guy, I think we need to like keep him all the time, but we need to, someone needs to talk to uh, Mancini about, again, about the time. The guy has played a lot with Italy and he's going to play more in March, which is the schedule I think is going to get congested in March. So he's going to play more games. Uh, I know Conti relies on him with since his injury and, and he relies on him a lot, but uh, we need just to keep him in the club. He has the ability to lead a midfield. Uh, yeah. For a long, long time, he's 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 talkative as well on the field. I can see it as well. He never shut up. The guy always talked with referees, with opponents, yeah. with his teammates. Every everyone around him will listen to him. So these guys are, I think, our biggest future stars for us, if you can call them that, because they are already stars yeah. now. Mm hmm. 100%. I would I would say that that's the bittersweet double-edged sword, Mo, of having players that are 
unplayable. If you have a manager and they have them at their disposal, I don't think they care. Mancini's looking at those games going, no, 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 I, I want to protect my record. You want to play for the Azzurri, I'm going to pick you for the Azzurri. So 100% I agree with, you know, trying to be on the same terms with the manager. And If Mancini claims he really is an interesting, maybe he can do us those one or two favours by, you know, rotating Basco and Barella. But, you know, once again, that's the bittersweet double-edged sword of having players who are literally unplayable, who are the best in the world at the moment in their position. They are going to be chosen. Alessandro, over to you. Um, you know, I know you're a big fan of Barella. Um, we were talking about Barella a year and a half before he came to Inter, but, you know, maybe focus a little bit more on Bastoni, man. How are you feeling about our two golden boys, bro? They're really something else, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm just kidding. At the beginning, when you were introducing the, the, the subject, I thought you were talking about Gagliardini and Ambrosio, but <laughs> of course, it's Bastoni and Barella in, in Italy. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it's a little bit too early to think as Bastoni, like a, a new captain or something like this. Uh, this is the, the first year who starts for Inter in the in the first 11. So um, let's give him some time. I don't want to, to ruin this guy like we did with other prospects. I mean, he's doing very well. He still have um, a lot ahead to, to learn. And, um, and as uh, Hendrik was saying, uh, these players need to win something right now just to build that personality that mentality that brings uh, like positive reinforcement game after game. If you win and you keep winning, then even if you're in a difficult situation, you have that strength that can bring you to to win and, and bring bring points to, to your team, uh, no matter if it's the, the national team or the club. Um, so... Uh, they're both young players coming from smaller teams and uh, and they need to build that more than anything because on the pitch, technically, they are amazing. They need to build something uh, mentally now. And uh, and that's the most difficult challenge. Uh, I'm, I'm watching uh, on Amazon, there is this uh, kind of like, documentary show is called All or Nothing and the one I'm watching yeah. is about Tottenham last season uh, with Mourinho. Isn't it awesome? It's amazing and uh, I yeah. would like to see something like that for our team because I, I can just imagine uh, the Conte in the in the locker room with our, our players and I see a lot of um, things that are the same for Tottenham last year and us meaning uh, a lot of injuries and uh, a lot of problem just in the mental aspect of the players, you know, like they have um, all the possibility against smaller team, let's just call it smaller, but um, to win, but there is something that blocked them and it's not on the pitch. You know, at one point they said, like, if I take you individually, you were great on the pitch but as a team there is something that is not working and i think we are at that point right now because we see just uh moments where the team plays at as conte wants and we see the the, the movement that conte wants but they cannot keep that 
constant in 90 minutes. Uh, and, uh, and that's why we are in this situation right now, which means we are in a difficult situation in Serie A and in Champions League. So if they can unlock that aspect, uh, I think we have all the potential to, to win something really soon. But uh, it sounds like you need more like a, a psychologist more than a, than a coach. <laughs> I completely agree, man. Well said. Uh, Hendrik, we'll throw it over to you for one last chat for this, this edition of the Inter Worldwide podcast. Um, I just want your thoughts on Barella and Bastoni as our two, you know, kind of breakthrough players. Barella was sort of etching his way to that last season, but, you know, he's definitely established himself as pretty much the first midfielder on the team sheet at the moment. What are your thoughts on Barella and Bastoni and maybe piggybacking off Alessandro? How do you think they should be nurtured? And do you think it's, it's definitely fundamental that they feel a winning mentality early on in their career? Yeah, um, yeah, that, that, that's a great point. Um, this is one of the things that, uh, that basically our foot, Italian football, not just Inter, Italian football lacked in the last year. I mean, uh, we have seen many, many players arriving, for example, playing for, uh, for Italy, for the Azzurri, uh, already in their uh, 45, uh, sorry, 25, 26, 24. And, and clearly, that, that's too late. That's too late because you, you can, as exactly you said, this kind of mentality, this kind of uh, um, to be used to play a certain level matches is something that you can learn. And clearly, the earlier you learn, the better it is for you and for the team that you play for. So the fact that so young players are, uh, are playing for Inter, so basically means, for example, <laughs> Wednesday playing against Real Madrid in a, in a match that basically can, can sign a, an entire season for the club you play. And these, these are experiences that if you want to grow and you want to become one of the top of the world, you need to do. And, and again, as I said, it's better to do it earlier rather than later. So definitely I'm happy to see them in the squad. I want to be clear on Barella. Uh, I, I'm guilty because when, when it has been hired by Inter, uh, the first thing I said is, uh, was uh, 40 million of euros. Yeah, that's absolutely too much. The, this guy is not worthy about this. Uh, he's not worthy this, this amount. He, he maybe can become a great player, but not now. He, he is not going to make any difference in the pitch uh, the first year. And I, could be, I couldn't be possibly <laughs> more wrong than that, you know. So, yeah, I, I have to, to admit that I, I completely missed the, the target in, uh, in the forecast of Barella. Barella is, a, is an amazing player. And uh, now, now, let's say, the fear is that someone else with more resources than Inter uh, has definitely put him as a target. I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, next year some of the first four or five top clubs in the world uh, may, may try uh, to get him. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that this is, this is uh, all about Barella. And for what it concerns Bastoni, uh, you know, he's, an, he's, uh, he's born in '99. And there are basically two, I was already told two years ago uh, when I have witnessed uh, the, 
all the career of Matthijs de Ligt here in the Netherlands, and I have seen him uh, when he when he started playing for Ajax in the first squad. He was 17, so I I pointed out, say, guys, uh, <laughs> there is there is a phenomenon that is is coming because he's great. And someone else told me, yeah. Uh, of course, he's great, but there is another guy in Italy, 17 years old as well, uh, same same year, born same year. And his name is Alessandro Bastoni. And now I can say that uh, central defenders in the world, born in the 99, uh, definitely the best two of the world played both in Italy. Unfortunately, one of them with the wrong shirt, but uh, yeah, they, I think that uh, Delict and Bastoni are going to be probably uh, the best central defenders in the world in, in no time. And I'm very happy that Bastoni is, is playing with us. 100%. He looks like a true Interista, um, always kissing the badge, always with his hand on his chest. That's exactly what you want to see. Those are the type of players. If you can find a mix of those players and players that we've you know alluded to that have a winning mentality, that have won something in the past and know what it takes at high level to keep the silverware flowing in. That's exactly what we are looking to do at Inter in the not-too-distant future. We are just under one hour, so I'm more than happy to wrap it up from here. So I just want to thank everybody who has tuned in to what I believe is a episode 65 of the Inter Worldwide podcast. Um, I'll say a quick goodbye to my guests and ask if they have anything to add. So I'll start with Alessandro. Alessandro, thank you as always for coming on. Uh, anything to add? No, th thank you guys. And I uh, hope we can uh, speak again with six points next time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mo, Mo, my friend, thank you once again for coming on the Inter Worldwide podcast. Mo, anything to add, bro? Thank you guys for having me. Great chat and great to get different opinions. And hopefully I will meet you, Alessandro, when we have six points. For sure. And to our special guest from Bosha Cafe, Hendrik, it was awesome having you, man. I have absolutely no doubt we will speak again soon. Bausha, Bausha, you need to learn how to say this. Man. <laughs> yeah, you have to learn <laughs> the real Milanese word. No, guys, thank you very much for, inv for inviting me. It has been a great pleasure to be with you and with this great podcast, uh, great opinions. Uh, I had fun to be with you and yeah, very honored to, to be your guest Thank today. You. Thank you, bro. That, that makes it all worthwhile. So from all of us here at Inter Worldwide, six points, please, please. Forza Inter, Forza Inter Worldwide. Ciao ragazzi. <laughs>